Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to What Would You Miss? I'm here today with Marissa Patrick, who is a physical education teacher at the high school. She also lost a brother to suicide, and I'm super happy to have her with us. Marissa with us today, and Marissa is not only an educator, but uh, which makes her passionate about you know this whole project, but she also lost her brother to suicide, and it doesn't matter how long it's been, it still affects her daily, and I think it's really important to hear her story because her brother wasn't someone who died by suicide. He had a great many things that makes her smile when she talks about him, so I'm very excited to have her here. So Marissa, thank you so much for being part of this. Um, Thanks for having me. Of course. Uh, you know, talk talk a little bit about what it's like being an educator and being around kids and knowing what you know because of what your brother's gone through and their struggles. You know, how does that affect you as a, as a teacher? It probably makes me more empathetic to the different situations that are going on because my brother was um, very popular, mm-hmm. um, athletic, good-looking kid, and he just was very charismatic Mm -hmm. so nobody would have guessed that he would pass away the way he did Mm -hmm. so when I see the kids it's probably one of the best things in my background to help me with educating because I can see kids and be like okay there's a lot more going on behind this kid's face than we are you know just seeing there's so many things there's so many layers to a kid there's so many background things there's so many things yeah they're smiling in front of me or they're okay in my class, but they might not be okay outside of my class or inside. So, and you just you just hit on what I talk about so much. You know, everyone thinks that kids who are depressive or have suicidal thoughts are in their room and they're you know with the door closed listening to loud angry music, and that's not always the case. Sometimes they are that super athletic kid, you know, that strong kid, that smart kid, and the fact that you are looking beyond them, you know, I applaud you for that because sometimes there is no sign and that's just yeah. the reality of it. Yeah, definitely. There's there's kids walking through our hallways every day in my class every day that we have absolutely no idea that they're struggling. So it helps having this I mean, it, I guess if there's any positive that could have come out of it, I guess it's that I am definitely more eyes wide open to different things like okay, that kid, just because they're doing well on the outside doesn't mean they're doing well on the inside. And because of this, you created a club, right? So that kids have a place that they can just kind of go to. Even if they don't want to talk, they can just go to it. Yeah, and that's the thing. It hasn't really been to just hang out and talk. It's really been to open the doors for the school to figure out, like, let's end the stigma of mental illness or even just the word suicide because you hear the word and it's, it's just a word that just shuts people down and they don't really ever want to talk about it or you know bring it to light so the club is really just trying to raise awareness bring things out into the open um you know they their big thing is out of the darkness that's really what we're trying to do is try to bring it out of the shadows and out of the you know where in the past where you didn't talk about it at all. You didn't say the word, you didn't talk about it because they used to say if you did, then people would do it. And it's really just changing those different things and having kids go, oh my gosh, that's a word I can say. These are things that I can talk about. These are things I can go up to people and you know, 
have conversations about or even, you know, speak about. Just all those different things are things that we did the club for. So we do stress relief days. We do different events. We mm-hmm. just try to make it so a kid realizes that it's something that's out there, then we know it, and we want to be there for you. Yeah, and, it, you know, it is such a myth. Talking about suicide does not increase suicide. It actually makes people feel comfortable, and it makes them know that they're not alone, and that is part of the biggest problem. You know, suicide rate is highest amongst kids between the ages of 12 and 22, so we really yeah. do have to get them in that high school age. It's so important to, you know, reach out and let them know that you can talk to us because it's one thing to have thoughts, it's another thing to have actions, and if we can get them in that in that thoughts phase, maybe we could save a few, you know, lives. One of the, um, I have a great friend and one of his best quotes is, memes don't save people, walks don't save people, people save people. And I feel like you are in that, in that people save people because you've created so much at the school for these kids. And I think it's awesome. Well, thanks. (laughs) I feel like we're not doing enough because you say that and it's awesome. It's awesome to hear that, that, you know, it is something that we're doing right. But at the same time, we're like, we know that we're not doing enough because numbers just keep going up. And, you you know, we just have to keep saying things in class and doing the little things like, hey, guys, what would you miss? Right. Um, In my class where we write on the wall and we're okay. So just going off of this really quick. So what would you miss? We did it on a mirror and in class. And um, not just in class, you did it in the weight room, which I think is so important because, gosh, we think of athletes as these strong, you know, tough people. And to do it in the weight room, I was so amazed that you did it in there. It was awesome. So go ahead. Tell everyone what you did. Okay, so we had a class um, with some of my classes. We were in the weight room. We were talking about mental um, wellness. So we were first changing it. The first thing I did was I wrote up the word mental illness, and then we changed the illness to wellness by putting a W there and changing the I to an E and talking about, okay, let's change I to we and talk about how we need to help each other. So we were talking about that and all these different things that we can think about with the different letters from mental wellness. And then I said, okay, guys, now let's change this up and say, like, what would you miss? And then I just gave them markers and they just started writing. And a few kids weren't very comfortable with it at first because they were just like, okay, I'm going to go do stuff. But then when they saw that people were, were like going over and writing stuff, they were like, okay, I'm going to go over and um, write stuff now that people are away a little bit. And then there were some kids that would go over, write one thing and go, oh my gosh, I would miss this too. And they would go back and then they would go back. Cause you know, a class for me can go range from anywhere from 20 to 35. Right. So the wall was filled with over um, 150 different things it was incredible. on the mirror. So the kids just kept going up and writing different things because they're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to miss the beach. I would miss my dogs. I would miss my family. I saw pasta I would up miss there a couple books. of times. <laughs> yeah. I would miss pasta. I would miss, you know, singing. I would miss rainbows. So all these different things were being written up on the mirror. And it was just really powerful because it was cool that even the kids that were, you know, hesitant at first, they went up. 
And I didn't make a big deal about it. I just stayed back and I just watched and I was like, wow, everybody wrote something. Right. So, so part of the beauty of what, what would you miss isn't just for people who are struggling or people who survived. It's for those people that want to support. And I feel like that what you did was encompassed all of that. You know, some of those kids maybe have never had a suicidal thought, but they still wrote something. And that is really, really incredible because they got the message. They really, truly got it. And yeah. by the way, the picture that you sent me, you know, I put our logo on it. We shared it and it reached over 25,000 people. Oh, wow. It really, really resonated. <laughs> I it hit like 100. <laughs> no, over 25,000. Wow, it was one cool. of my most popular pictures. So wow. um, you, cool. it just proved to me that kids want that. And we, we have to listen to what kids want. We, yeah. we truly do. Yeah. And the I know just talking about the program, this the phrase, it's just so easy to say that compared mm -hmm. to are you struggling? Are you thinking about hurting right. yourself? Co starting a conversation with, with, hey, what would you miss? It's just, it flies off your mouth really easily. It's just easy to say. And I've had students that may have shut down, not answered like things like, are you going, you know, mm -hmm. are you thinking about this? Do you think about this? Are you having trouble with this? They're going to shut down and they're not going to talk. But if this, they'll do, they'll answer, they'll think about because even, and I've said it to my students, I've said, hey, you know, some of you, it might be hard for you to think about because you might be in a, a really hard place right now and think about one thing. I said, I can think out about over 100 right now and I could just kind of go off mm -hmm. for minutes about what I would miss. But if you actually sat there and I named a few things, sometimes you're going to sit there and go, oh, wow, no, I really would miss this or I would miss that. Mm -hmm. So it's an easy way to spark that next conversation to Absolutely. lead into are you thinking about yeah. this? Yeah, so. it's, it's a gentle way to bring the conversation to Definitely. the surface. And it also is a gentle way to bring the co conversation about someone who has died by suicide. Because that's really, it is still hard to talk about people yeah. who have passed. And, you know, I know your brother is instrumental to all of this. And, you know, when you talk about things that you would miss about him, I watch your face light up. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, it's it gives you a chance to talk about him and, you know, give him life when he's gone. And Definitely. Um, how did it make you feel when you were sharing your what would you miss about your brother? It was easier to do it with you on the phone <laughs> when you asked the question. And then, you know, once you start talking about it, then you get upset after a little while because you're like, wow, I really miss him, miss him so much. Doesn't matter how much time, you just miss them, deep miss. And then when we did it for your video mm -hmm. and um, you asked me to look at the camera and pretend it was him, that broke me. <laughs> that was really hard because um, he was awesome. And it's really hard to even to this day realize that that's what happened and that's how he left us. And how long so, ago was it? Oh, he passed in um, 98. Yeah, so, so it's a long time. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Grief has no timeline. So. And that's really important to understand for people. Yeah. Grief has no timeline. You can grieve somebody 47 years later. It doesn't matter. Yeah. January 11th, 1998, he passed. He was almost 21. So um, it was, that's a day that's just absolutely terrible for me. I hate January 11th. Yeah. <laughs> it's the worst. But yeah, and you know, it's never something that you think is going to happen to you. And people say that all the time. It, you never thought it was going to happen to you. Until no, it happens had, to you. We had absolutely no idea. And I'm very happy that now we talk about things more because if I knew then what I know now, there were totally red, uh, red flags. But I didn't know then. We didn't talk about things right. like this. 
So there and in the red flags. flags that you saw, were they the typical red flags or, or different from what um, you read in statistics? You know, grades dropping, um, breaking up with people, giving away possessions. Those are all typical stati uh, tips about how to find, you know, si signs. Yeah, um, they're pretty much typical. So when you go back and you think about it, it was um, he was he wasn't giving away his possessions. He was selling them really cheap. Mm. And he had told me that he was doing it to get money to buy his girlfriend a gift because they had broken up. So he was upset and he wanted to get her a good Christmas gift. So I didn't put it together. And then he had gorgeous um, long blonde hair and he had um, shaved it off. Wow. He just like chopped it off and then it, it was terrible. My brother had to help him fix it, my other brother. I have six brothers. So one of them came home and he was really upset about it and he fixed it. He was staying in the room long more than he usually, I mean, he never did. He never just hung mm -hmm. out in a room and just kind of shut down. Right. And he was doing that. So there were some signs. Um, now that you look back, it, it's, it's not something, I don't even know if even to this day knowing the red flags, if I would have been like, whoa. I just thought he was sad because he and his girlfriend broke up. Right. But, you know, the hair, that now whenever a kid cuts their hair drastically, I'm always like, whoa. And I, I do, I give like a heads out to the counselor just because yeah. I'm worried about that kid. And there's, you know. there's a joke amongst us with mental health and it's <laughs> nobody cuts their bangs at 3 a.m. for a good reason. <laughs> no. You have hit rock bottom when you are cutting your bangs at 3 a.m., yeah. trust me. It's just these, these haircuts and you know, and it, I hate to say it, but you know, quite often it is a kid that I need to be worried about. No, absolutely. It's it's, so. it, it's truly a sign. And you don't think about it. You think that they're just, I mean, I, I, I shaved my hair. I had a mohawk when I was 16. It wasn't because I thought it was cool. It was because yeah. I was, you know, trying to. In a dark place. Yeah, I was in a really yeah. dark place. But, you know, everyone just thought, oh, she's got a mohawk now. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, gorgeous hair that he absolutely loved and was, like, really, like, proud of. And then it was just gone. And it was like, wait a minute. So. Yeah. It's just, it's little things like that that I look back at now. So it's, I don't know. Right. So, so I, you, we've done this before, and I know that you, it'll rattle off your, your tongue, and I think it is important to talk about because people listening to this, you know, they might be struggling. But what are some things that you miss about him? Oh, things I miss about him. Um, his hair. <laughs> yeah. So when he was younger, it was, it, he had really um, thick hair. So the only person he would allow to brush it was me like sit down and brush because I wouldn't hurt him. I would take my time and be patient with it. So I miss his hair. I miss brushing his hair. I miss his smile. Mm -hmm. um, it was usually just like a smirk, like mischievous smirk. Um, I miss his walk, the way he was just like a confident walk and he just had this weird swagger. Um, I miss his terrible singing voice. I miss finding Polaroids with him, of him all over the place because he knew he was a good-looking kid, so he would just take a lot of pictures you of himself. You probably love a selfie now, really. So, um, and I said that. Somebody was posted something on Facebook once, and I was like, man, I wish my brother was still here because I would love to see how many selfies he would have been taking of himself <laughs> nowadays. Like, it would just be unreal, and it would be hysterical because I would love to see them. Um, I just, I miss hanging out with him and just talking. He and I used to just hang out in my my old house in the playroom and just sit on the couch and just talk because I feel like there's five older siblings above me but they kind of just like sectioned off like you know grouped off mm -hmm. and it was me and him 
and we just hung out and did our things together and I miss that. Yeah. I miss so much about like I like I said, like you just said, I could go on and on and mm-hmm. on and on and on. So we miss walking into a room and seeing a piece of paper and it was just covered with uh, Fred Flintstone doodles or his signature. And uh, he just would always do that on anything that was anywhere that was like blank at all. He would just, he had to fill it up. Right. So so statistically, he is the he is the statistic. He is, you know, in that age group, he's male, yeah. which is actually the highest amongst the suicide rate. Now you have two boys. So do yeah. you, do, how do you, how do you play your teacher role, your sister role and your mom role all into one knowing what you know? It's hard. Um, I almost didn't have kids <laughs> because I was terrified of this. Mm-hmm. Losing someone to suicide, someone close to you is the worst thing ever. Like I've lost my dad. I lost my dad young to cancer. I've lost, you know, all, a lot of different things, mm-hmm. I've had a lot of different heartache. But losing a brother to suicide shattered me more than anything. And then I, I just thought about having kids and going, well, it's going to be a million times worse if it's my kid. So I almost didn't have kids because I just didn't know if I could ever deal with that. Right. So, but I did, because I, I love kids and I wanted to, you know, have my own children. So I have two boys, but um, I talk to my boys about things. Um, a lot. <laughs> I do. They know that their uncle, Dan, passed away yeah. um, from suicide. My oldest is named after him. So he definitely, you know, knows the magnitude of all of it as much as they can understand. Right. So they know about it. They know that I run this club and the older one is, you know, does stuff with it because he's at the high school with me. And the younger one, I think, will in the future they've gone to the events that we do Mm -hmm. and yeah it's just making sure that they know hey you guys can talk to me if there's anything (laughs) you need to make sure that you're aware of the fact that I will never not love you I will never be you know so disappointed in you that you know we can't move on so all those different things are spoken in our house and I'm hoping that that will help I don't know I mean yeah I mean you've said things through this whole conversation so many times and it's just talk just talk I mean it's I know how hard it is as a parent to bring these things up you know I have kids with mental illness you have to talk you know we talk about suicide prevention and honestly the only way to prevent suicide is to have a conversation yeah it is literally the only way Um, (laughs) and to let them know that this is a safe space to have to, yeah. to, to say your darkest stuff, I mean, you know, you can have some really dark thoughts. It doesn't mean that you have to fulfill them. It just doesn't. Yeah. Letting them out sometimes is all you need. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, I mean, it still sucks. So, you know, you say talk, talk, talk. And I'm not going to just sit it here and say it's easy. It's not. It still yeah. is difficult after all these years. I hate saying the word. I hate talking about it. I, you know, got in touch with you and I said, you know what? I kind of shut down a little bit between Christmas mm-hmm. and um, February because, you know, it's just harder. And coming up when, and even after all these years, knowing that January is harder. Um, his birthday would have been February 9th. So all these mm-hmm. different things, like I just, these little few weeks are a little bit more difficult I for totally me. Totally relate. So, yeah, and... It, it, it's like it's not easy to just say, oh, yeah, just talk. 
But it is something we have to keep saying right. because even though it's difficult and it sucks and sometimes it's the last thing you want to do, you still have to do it. Right. You still have to put yourself out there and you still have to have the tough conversations and you still have to just keep chugging through. Keep chugging through. So before we end this, there's one thing that you and I have spoken about before and I, I think it's really important to bring it up. Uh, you know, people bl very nonchalant will say, oh my God, I just want to kill myself. Or, um, you know, it, why don't I just blow my brains out? And you know, this is language that we need to stop because this, it's this perpetuating the stigma. So um, recently I was somewhere and someone actually said that and I had to stop them. I was like, can you please not yeah, uh, it it's very offensive, and it, you're just perpetuating the stigma for suicide, and you're not making it a safe space. Yeah, um, tell me how you feel when someone says that, and what's your reaction? I don't know. Maybe I'm being ignorant to this, but I feel like people don't use it as you know casually. Yeah, I think it's mostly our generation to. that's using it. So. Yeah, because <laughs> there, there I'm not gonna a, lie, I used to say it. I did too. I used to say it. I as mean, I a still I say it with my with my mental health people in a joking way, and that's a yeah. whole different scenario. But there was this thing going around Facebook that. Uh, all right, I'm in a mental institution, oh, and they, you're licking the walls, you're doing this. I'm like, how are you posting that? And then saying to people that you're safe to come and talk to them because you just made me feel like crap because I was hospitalized. So it's not really funny for me to yeah. joke around about licking the walls and being in a padded room when you've been in a padded room. Yeah. It ain't fun, let me tell you. Yeah. So I think we need to call people out. I think we need to call people out and let them know that this is not okay and this is offensive. No, you're definitely right about that because people don't, think about it on that level right and they don't have the I just feel like they don't have the empathy for all the different things so you know you talk about Facebook and I try to stay away from it now because the, the other day you go through it and you know somebody posted something and it was a really good story the the story was was helpful for a lot of things though that was underneath but the picture it was a picture of a rope in a chair mm. and I just about died inside. Yeah. And I was like sitting there and I was going, you know, it's not like somebody's posting a picture of somebody on their last stages of death. Like that's really sick and that like, cause you wouldn't do that. Cause they know, oh my I gosh. I have friends that, that shared their cancer something. transition from life. That's different though. You're educating people on the process of it. This is, it's just not the yeah. same thing. It's just, I just feel like this person wouldn't have posted something like that, mm -hmm. but they thought nothing of posting that picture. Right. The, the, the story was good. Like, I, you know, it was. The imagery. But you can't. You can't unsee that. it. <laughs> no, no, Either. no. You can't unsee no, it. No, I was done. I yeah. was done for it for yeah. a while. Because people just, I don't know. I just don't think people think sometimes. No, they don't think sometimes. But we're so. going to change that. So I want to just thank you for all you're doing for our community because I know that it may seem small, but you really are making a difference in our community. And I'm so happy to be friends with you and to help you along that mission. And we, we are going to break the stigma at some point. So, really so. thank you so much for having us. sitting 